Welcome to Right Now Workshop Podcast, where you can write a book and change the world. I'm your host, Kitty Buholtz, and this is episode 262, More Energy in the Second Half of Life, coming to you on Thursday, August 26, 2021. You know, one of the things that you'll notice as you're listening to all of the episodes of my podcast is that I am as interested in trying to help you and me both have better physical and mental, emotional, spiritual health all along the way, as I am interested in helping us have specific writing tips and um, things that we can do to improve our writing, because I think all of those things work together. It's uh, one great big circle of life, if you will. Thank you, Lion King, for putting that in our heads forever. Uh, But since they are all interrelated, then all of them, as they improve in health, will help our writing to improve. And as we lose health in these areas, they can help our writing to lose its punch and its impact and its creativity. So One of the people that I had a great pleasure in learning to get to know is Dr. Tayo, and she's here talking to us about how we can have more energy, and particularly her emphasis is more energy in the second half of life. And since that is where a huge number of us are, 40 plus, then I thought it would be great for her to come and speak to us and give us some ideas and tips so that we can continue to have enough energy to, if you're at all like me, write tons more books before the before the end before we call it quits I have more ideas than I'm pretty sure I actually could write even if I do write until I'm 80 Uh, but uh, however many I write I'm still going to want to have a lot of energy for writing and for the rest of life so I think that you are going to find a lot of great tips here from Dr. Tayo. Um, some of them may or may not um, be specifically helpful to you, but they might be helpful to someone else who's in your circle, uh, someone that you're married to or live with, or something that you can expect to, um, to see in a few years so that you can be constantly looking for ways to have the maximum health and keep it at the maximum, not, not even wait until it starts declining and and then try to bring it back up as far as you can again. So let's do all we can to continue to preserve and improve our health in every way. And I think it will make us better writers. Remember, you can get transcripts to the episodes by going to rightnowworkshop.com forward slash episodes and finding the episode that you're interested in. There's always uh, show notes that have links to anything that the um, interviewee, the guest uh, might've mentioned including uh, how you can reach out to them, their website, and that sort of thing. And also at rightnowworkshop.com, you can download my self-publish your book checklist for free. So if that is something that you're interested in, go over there and get yourself a copy today. In the meantime, let's talk to Dr. Tayo. Today's guest is Dr. Tayo. Dr. Tayo is a physician, world traveler, and social entrepreneur who continually asks questions and puts together proven solutions for vibrant health, wellness, and longevity. She especially helps busy professionals engineer their health and wellness so that they continue enjoying their work and have plenty of time for family, friends, and their passions. She loves cats and lives with her much-adored cat with attitude, Mac. Garfield must have been modeled after him. Welcome, Dr. Tayo. Thank you so much, Kitty. Pleased to be here. You know, it's so fun to talk to people about like the little quirky, funny things that they they put in their bio. I loved, loved, loved Garfield for like oh. two decades. I can't tell you how much, you know, yeah. I watched the movie and I said that was Mac. Oh, nice. Does he like to eat your, your people food? Hopefully not lasagna. No, he doesn't actually. He eats cat food, but he is hungry all the time. He loves eating. He is hungry all the freaking time. (laughs) And for people listening, when uh, when we got started, she was like, okay, now I fed my cat, so we should be okay. (laughs) Because he would come and start screeching for me to feed him. That's so funny. Oh, man. I tell you. Yeah. Well, they bring joy to our lives, actually. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's always, um, uh, it's pretty much worth all the hassle, isn't it? <laughs> and he's given me some, but yes. yeah. 
Yes. Well, listen, um, I am super excited to have you here because um, you and I have been talking uh, over the last, I don't know, a couple of months that we've known each other. Uh, we're both in the same business coaching program. And um, the things that you were talking about at first, I just wanted to kind of help you out like um, so that uh, I was sort of in your target market. And so we were kind of doing some informational interviews, you know, different classmates and stuff. But then I was like, okay, this is really, really interesting and potentially super helpful for my audience. Because one of the things that you talk about um, is uh, increasing energy and joy and particularly from midlife onward. Is that right? That's correct. Absolutely. So could you tell us a little bit about uh, like how you came to, to focus on this? And then I'll start asking you some questions on how can you help us writers who sit alone in front of our computer all day? <laughs> yes. Like writers, we, you know, um, I was doing primarily radiology and we also sit in front of screens all day reporting your various plane films, ultrasounds, CTs, etc. cetera. Uh, crunch time came. And you know, when they talk about flashes, hot flashes, I had yeah. a flash. It wasn't hot, but it was like, whoa, what just happened? And um, you think I know better, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it just happened. And I went, oh, that must be what they call a hot. We call it in Britain a hot flush, actually, because it's not just a flash. It just keeps on going for some time. Right. So I said, oh, my God. So I started phoning all around and figuring out what to do. Anyway, long story short, I didn't sleep for nine months <gasps> and I was doing everything I knew how, but I was, you know, and yet you're in the middle of a busy career. You don't have the option of saying, Hey, I'm going to take off nine months and try and figure out how to sleep. Yeah. But I was doing everything I could to maintain my career and function. Luckily I didn't have brain fog, but it was taking everything out of me with not being able to sleep to get through the day. So that set me on that track of, Plus I was putting on weight and I had always been very skinny. So the things I used to be able to wear, all of a sudden my shape changed. Not dramatically, but it changed enough that I had to alter my clothing, which I had been wearing for the past 10 years. So I'm thinking, oh, okay. Apart from a new wardrobe, which is not what I wanted. Um, uh, let's see how we can get through this. So I started, I tried almost everything. I tried homeopathy, I tried natural medicines, I tried, you know, herbs, I tried acupuncture, you name it, I tried it. Um, there are very few things I didn't try, actually. I, I, I don't think that anybody has come up with something that I didn't at least dabble in. And so with all of that, I finally figured out what would bring me to not only optimal health, I was actually much better than when I went into it because I was paying attention to my health. So right. now I am healthier than I've ever been in my entire life. That's and awesome. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was what excited me about it because with all the work we all doing, juggling things, more to-do lists longer than your time, you need to have stamina. You need to have the energy to get it done and yet still feel that you are able to give to the people who are close to you, your loved ones, and pursue what you want. So yeah, that was it. Yeah, wow. Well, so you were able to find the answers that worked for you and you I probably- I put together something that I did that, that, that works and have, you know, through the years, I tried it, um, you know, giving advice to people and also on, you know, on a client basis. And, uh, you know, they're surprised and go, oh my God, it was, hmm, okay. Um, I aim to get people to give them the simplest thing that will solve the problem, you know, uh, give you a measurable results first. And then with that, you will end up wanting to do more. But if you give them a very hard task, what happens? You don't uh, do it. Like me and you, we just kind of like fold our tail and say, eh, too much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even when I want the solution and and I mean to do it there's a point at which you're just like okay I I that's that's too much yeah <laughs> you just say this is too much like hard work yeah. um and that's why a lot of various things fail when it is so hard or so dense you can't get through the material and you can look through you know Dr. Google all you like but how do you get it together how do you decide which one works which one doesn't work which one is 
you know, skirting on the edges of reality. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you either try it all out and take all that time and effort, or you figure out a good program or coach who would get you through it. Yeah. And I prefer the coach and, you know, program method instead of having to do this, you know, trial and error for how many years? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And like you said, uh, Dr. Google, um, there's there's a limit to how helpful that can be. (laughs) You know how you go down rabbit holes? Yeah. Yeah. Google is very easy to go down rabbit holes or you go to YouTube or you go to Facebook and and all of a sudden you divert into something else. But anyway. Yeah. So, so this is what I was thinking. I would say that probably half or more of my audience are women, uh, 40 years old or older. Mm. Um, so I was thinking, oh, this could be really great for at least, you know, a a large subset of the audience. Um, and I'm not really sure exactly where to talk, but, or where to start, but let me just sort of say, so as writers, we do tend to work alone, even if, um, you know, somebody lives in a house full of people, when you're writing, you by nature of the business, uh, have to be, you know, alone, you're doing all this in your head. And we tend to, um, be sitting in a computer all day. And, uh, particularly in the last year and a half, we have so little access to our tribe, people who understand us. So, so in addition to, uh, to all the other factors in life that, um, make anything that you do, you know, a little bit of a challenge challenges are good in general. Um, but, uh, but now it can be difficult to even find somebody to spend any time with who you feel like, Oh, they get me. They understand. I can kind of relax in this, but I thought, you know what? This is something that I really never have talked about ever. Um, I I told my husband he is not allowed to say the M word (laughs) because menopause does not exist and the hot flashes are just because it's summer and yeah, like I'm just making up all these stories in my head because in the, in the, um, the, the little piece of culture that I grew up in, nobody talked about it. My mom didn't talk about it. My friends, moms didn't talk about it. So I feel like I wouldn't even know the right questions to ask. And I'm just too embarrassed to ask any of them. So let's just talk about it from this perspective of increased energy in the second half of life. I like that. Yes, absolutely. Because yeah, I don't um, know where you want to start, but just there are so many places, right? (laughs) From, from looking at it. And I, I, I say we need to demystify or not so much demystify quit the negative uh, connotations that going into menopause has. I mean, if I, as a physician, could not figure it out, it was not because of denial, it was just because there was just not the information out there that was available. And I think we ought to realize that with that going into perimenopause and menopause, women particularly come out stronger. You don't no longer have to have babies. You stop those dreaded periods and you are moving into a new phase with more energy and experience. Experience is an accumulated wisdom that younger people don't have. And you can put that into good use because all of us, uh, women and men, we can actually use our experience and really it ends up being like a turbocharger. You have this problem and you have experience to it. How much faster and better do you get to the results instead of having to go back and start from scratch? You don't have to start from scratch. And so for women, I think it is the most powerful uh, time of their life. And also for men who also go through a form of a bit more gradual, but they also do go through a form of transitioning of their hormones. So it applies to both parties. Interesting. And so what are the, some of the things that you um, suggest to people uh, to, to do or to notice? Because uh, at first I wasn't even sure whether or not anything really was happening or was it just that it was summertime and I hate being hot in general. Um, you know, so it took me probably a year and a half to, to be like, okay, all these things seem to be symptoms of perimenopause. So maybe I should ask some girlfriends who are a little bit older than me. And then they're all like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's what's happening. (laughs) No, you're right, Kitty, because actually you do not need a doctor to diagnose perimenopause. Um, All the symptoms are there, the commonest being hot flashes, but there's a whole panoply of them. And if you put them together, what is happening is that your hormones are going up and down. So if you go to a doctor's office when your hormones are pretty much on the up, it may not show up. 
but what you're having is an up and down but gradually by the time you get to menopause it settles lower okay so if you start and you say okay i've got hot flashes I'm getting a few mood swings. I'm putting on weight no matter what I do. I'm having night sweats. I can't get comfortable. I don't sleep well. Um, you know, uh, I'm just irritable. All of those are telling you. And your periods become irregular. Your periods, instead of the regular, if you were regular before, all of a sudden you'd have them sooner, you'd have them later, you'd have them more, you'd have them less. All that irregularity, all that is signaled to you is that your hormones are basically going up and down in that rhythm that is taking you towards menopause. And that's okay, because that's signaling that you are now entering a different phase, just as you went into puberty, you are now coming out of the child rearing phase into the glorious part of your life. I love hearing those words, a glorious part of your life. <laughs> it, I, I just, I, you know, for me and a lot of the women I've talked to, pretty all, you come out of it you feel great. It's just the transitioning part. And if you can find out how to transition with as little uh, disruption as possible, yeah, it's really possible to almost enjoy it and say, hey, I'm looking forward to this period. Bring it nice. on. Nice. I like it. Okay. Now the, the few girlfriends that I've had the courage to, to say something to, of course, you know, privately one-on-one <laughs> lowering my voice, like it's a terrible secret. Um, uh, all of us have, you know, found out through Dr. Google that uh, apparently this uh, transition can last as much as 10 years, which shocked us and dismayed us and made us all want to just rant at the heavens. This is not fair because uh, the things that are bothersome are so bothersome, brain fog and irritability. How am I going to write romantic comedies when I'm angry at everybody in the entire world? <laughs> or if I can't sleep and then I can't think anymore. So uh, ideas, Thoughts? Yes. Um, the common is more between three and the average is five years. So oh. there's a kind of like three to seven in the, you, of course, like everything else, you have a tail um, on both sides, but you know, most people say, you know, five years thereabouts and you're, you know, during it and you're out of it. And menopause is actually a static point in time. It is okay. the point at which you've had 12 months of no periods. So if you had breakthrough at one period, then you start from one. So it's, 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 a static point in time. After that, your menopausal or postmenopausal, all the same thing. And premenopausal is when you started having those symptoms to when you had that static date okay. or, or perimenopausal. So what can you do about it? Lots, Kitty, lots. Um, it, it, major symptoms first, insomnia. Um, the things we need for sleep, particularly when you're having hot flushes, is to have a cold bedroom. This is the time to tell your partner that, listen, you can have a cold, anything at uh, the, the warm bedroom at any other time, but this time you're going to have to suck it up and use a blanket because I need to sleep and I need to feel comfortable because normally anyway, during sleep, your core temperature lowers. So it's not, and it's just with the heat, it makes it even, you know, feel worse that you're craving more cold but your core temperature drops during sleep naturally for everybody. So just figure that one out. As long as you can drop it, I think most women will be comfortable. The other ancillary things like, uh, you know, making sure there's no light and no noise. I think most people were already doing that, but the thing is to make sure the bedroom and you are cool. Okay. Then you move from that. Then the other things, exercise and nutrition, um, you, you start making sure that you start moving and doing some things that build up, doing exercise and movement is first of all primary. Then you start moving into strength training because you're now no longer, when you're lean, it's like you were on the ancestral bits of when you were chasing tigers and lions and running away. Now you need to build muscle to support your bones. And so you have to put on more promote muscle. And by doing that, you do more protein and more exercise. Okay. So those are the, you know, other things. And of course, stress reduction, because some people get stressed. You have a job, you have a whatever, what do you do about it? Do yeah. you have um, um, meditation? Whatever is your stress reduction practices. There are some wonderful essential oils, which I use actually. Um, there are all kinds of things. Yes. 
Okay. All right. So um, I'm, I'm kind of processing all the things that you say. Uh, I, I did tell my husband, um, what was it a week or so ago, you and I had talked and mm. then I think it was that night. I looked at the weather forecast. We usually sleep with the windows open. We usually actually have the windows open almost 100% of the year. Mm. Um, and I looked at the weather and I said, okay, John, this number says that it's going to be quite comfortable out and there's no need for air conditioning. So we'll try it. But if I can't sleep, we're going to have to turn on the air conditioning, even if it seems unreasonable. So that night I tossed and turned, I was just miserable. Mm. And so I said the next day, okay, I hope you don't mind, but I need air conditioning. And we've had the air conditioning on every night since then. And it has been so great. I've only woken up like a tiny bit, you know, from the hot flashes. And then I fall mm. right back asleep. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. this is amazing. It's, it's simple tweaks like that, but we just don't realize how important it is because yes, uh, it, it really does make a difference. And I used to put on the, uh, and it, this was even with winter, I would put on the air, well, I couldn't put on the air conditioning, but I put on the fan. So I had a fan installed in the house just so that I could get some of that cool air circulating a bit more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody else, including Kat, had to freeze. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess he just gets a, a thicker fur for, for that time. <laughs> Luckily, he has a lot of fur, yes, yeah. but he doesn't like it. He, he goes and stays by the, you know, a warm source by the uh, by the fridge. You know, the, 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 place oh. of the base of the fridge, which has quite a bit of um, warmth coming out. Yeah. That's where he hangs out. That's, That's okay. funny. And he's really close to the food. So it's a double win for him. Oh, I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you. Okay. So one of the other things I'll just, you know what, uh, you help me to be not embarrassed. And if talking about it will help other people who might not want to talk about it, then let's do it. So um, I had heard that uh, red wine would possibly affect you in an uncomfortable way, um, make you feel really hot and have hot flashes and stuff. And, um, John and I were not drinkers as young people, but then the older we got and the more we hung around with people who drank wine, we moved to countries where people drink wine with every dinner. And, and so now we've become drinkers and I'm like, oh my gosh, red wine is killing me. <laughs> like I I've got to be really thirsty or just really want to Anyway, I don't want it that much anymore, but yeah. I haven't found that all alcohol affects me. So do you think that when it comes to alcohol, you just have to find what does and doesn't affect you? Or are there certain kinds, like I've heard red wine, like on Dr. Google, um, would they probably affect a lot of people or what do you think? Um, from experience, and I'm with you on the wine thing, it's nice for social, you have a lovely red wine, uh, what's not to like, you're with people yeah. you like, and you're thinking, oh, geez, um, the thing about what I found anyway, was that it's not as if you can't drink wine, just give it a few more hours before bedtime, now that's difficult if you're having wine when you're having a, a you know, meal with friends, uh, in which case you have to toss up whether eh, just one night and it's okay, or if it's going to be a regular thing. Um, but it, it does. And the thing about wine and alcohol in general is that you may fall asleep, but it does not improve the quality of your sleep. It actually wakes you up. It acts as a diuretic, which means you pee more often. And it, 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 it almost like paralyzes you. It does not improve the quality of your sleep in the least. So oh. that's a misnomer. You, you get to sleep. It's almost like, you know, knockout drops, but you're yeah. not really sleeping. You just, the quality is poor and it actually disrupts your sleep. Interesting. Yeah. That is so interesting that you said that because just a couple of days ago, um, I read this article. So I, I'm, I'm a runner and I kind of roll my eyes when I say it because like compared <laughs> to people on magazine covers, I don't, I'm not. Oh, no, I don't film. run at all. I yeah. do not run. So don't worry about it. <laughs> so, so I'm a happy, slow runner. And yeah. I was uh, reading this article about alcohol and running. Yeah. And somebody had done all these studies about how it impairs recovery. Alcohol impairs recovery from running muscle recovery and stuff and all these other things. And I was like, Oh, I need to really reconsider. Like 
I have a, I have a race in six weeks. So, whoa, good for you. Yeah. Well, you know, signing up for races is one of the only ways I can get myself to continue running sometimes. I know it's good for me, but I don't always want to do it. (laughs) So, um, so what was I saying? Uh, yeah. So that's very interesting that, um, must be lots of studies then are showing this because you're talking about one and I'm talking about a totally different one. Yeah. There are all kinds of effects of alcohol. You know, there are some things you can't get out. You don't want to get out of, but sometimes it means we have to lower the frequency, um, of our habits and just kind of like say, okay, it's for a more occasional things, but you know, the consequences, I think at the end of the day, if you're prepared to live with the consequences, knock yourself out. Yeah. But if I decide I'm having an important session, creative session, you have, you know, you're writing and you really need to be on the ball. You have an important, you know, uh, meeting with who knows clients, uh, project to put in or to work on. Maybe you want to reconsider having that uh, several glasses of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at the very least, if you're feeling a little miserable, not even, um, from the alcohol itself, but you're just overheated and stuff. Um, you, you might just be really wishing that you hadn't that you done just it. Did, you say exactly, you know, it's, it's, um, looking at it and saying, Hey, if I hadn't done that, perhaps not, perhaps I would feel more alert and more energetic. And why do you want to sabotage yourself? But right. you know, if you had free time over the weekend, you really want to enjoy it with the friends, there's nothing to account for the next day. Hope, go for it. Yeah, yeah. All right, now, so um, some of these things that we're talking about, will our bodies go back to quote normal after menopause then? And then no hot flashes and red wine probably won't affect me in this way anymore, stuff like that. Yeah, it's like what they say about the pandemic. Are we going back to normal as it was before? <laughs> Probably never. You know, <laughs> do we have some level of constancy moving forward? Yes. Okay. Um, because even for women, you may, and I've, I'm at the lowest weight I have been for hmm, decades, a couple wow. of decades, but the shape has changed. The distribution right. has changed due to those hormone changes. Um, it's still okay, <laughs> you see. So, will you be able to? No more hot flashes, obviously. No more hot flashes. I mean, that is because it was just going up and down. And once it settled, no more hot flashes, or at least there shouldn't be. Um, and what else? You will, with the right things, you will have, you know, increased energy, I believe. But, you know, things like, would you go back to your previous svelte shape? show me one person who hasn't without it's not as if it isn't possible but if you really want to be a gym rat and be six hours in the gym uh you can probably get it and i know people who are like that do i want to do so no i just want a nice quality of life that will allow me to feel my best that's all i want i don't need to you know, be in the gym forever. I don't need to restrict my food so much that it becomes unpleasurable. I want to enjoy my food. I want to have good movement and not have to, you know, be so um, anal about it. I want to have, you know, at least seven hours sleep a night and wake up and be able to do all the things I need to do. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then the next question I was wondering about, um, I know that there are a whole lot of things that people who, uh, have any kind of, you know, minor to major struggle with weight. Um, we know an awful lot about (laughs) nutrition. We don't necessarily follow it, but we know it because we've been trying. (laughs) Is there anything about nutrition or nutritional needs? Uh, you had mentioned that because we should be putting on more muscle, then we'll also need to have more protein in our diets. Is there anything else that we should be thinking about changing or looking into? Um, As a general, general, general rule about nutrition, which I'm sure most people know, is eat real food. And the next thing from eat real food, I mean, you know, a a sausage as processed as it is, is not real food, did you? You know, get, get yourself a pork chop, that's closer. But in a lot of places, you don't know what's in that sausage. You don't know all the preservatives that have gone into it. In a can, that's definitely not real food. So the first thing is eat real food. And if you eat real food and don't eat as much carbohydrates because you're especially simple sugars, even fruits, fruit juices, you just, it's like IV sugar because you're right. taking out the fiber. It's IV sugar. 
So people who think they're doing well, and I used to think that way as well. Yeah, I, did, I used buy to. buy some great ju- fruit juice and discover it's just IV sugar. You've taken out the fiber, you're eating too, you're having too much of it because it is sweet and your pancreas is totaled because you're raising your blood sugar, it's crashing insulin. And after a while, your pancreas just says, I've had enough of this, I am not responding. And then you're in trouble with type two diabetes. So you need to say, okay, I'm gonna have carbohydrates, but I'm going to prioritize protein and good fats. Good fats, coconut oil, avocado oil, uh, olive oil, and obviously the uh, cold pressed versions of these things. Um, And then, so that's it for your diet in a nutshell. Um, it, it comes to good food. And as you probably know, the closer you are to being organic, no pesticides, no hormones, no, no whatever, glyphosate uh, alters the DNA of our structure. Don't, yeah. you know, and it's in almost in everything that is GMO, for instance. So that if you can, there are some uh, things like asparagus, which don't get sprayed as much because the demand is not as much. Ah. Um, but the things you eat with the skin, tomatoes, uh, berries, uh, grapes, you best buy organic because this, the, the, the toxins and the pesticides are sprayed on them and it goes directly into your body and food is the building blocks of our body. There's no getting away from it. There is no yeah. getting away from it. And when we have those building blocks, instead of having good solid building blocks we have incorporated toxins into them yeah and it's no wonder that anyway I, I, could, I could go off in a rabbit hole so i'm not going to go <laughs> in a rabbit hole because uh, it's so tempting yeah so we're, we're probably um if we can't find it or don't want to spend the extra money we're probably okay not buying or organic uh bananas citrus things yes. where we're going to peel off the skin Yes, generally okay. speaking, as a golden rule. And if you, anybody, this is where Dr. Google is good, by the way. Um, there are things called the dirty dozen, um, which you can find out, which says, oh, don't eat these. Um, these ones are the most sprayed. Try and buy them organic. Oh. Then there is also called the something 15, which says, oh, these ones are not as well sprayed or are not GMO. You, can, you don't have to buy, you can buy conventional. Oh. So for those who don't want to, who can't or won't or whatever reason, don't want to eat organic all the time, you can actually find some of your foods that you can buy conventional, but you eat berries, you eat grapes, uh, anything with, you know, a skin that you put in and a thin skin, please mm-hmm. make it organic. It is okay. worth the, it is worth the, the health benefits to do so. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good to know. It just occurred to me that, um, I've never checked, uh, the frozen fruits and vegetables that I buy. I have no idea whether or not they're organic. So I should check into that. Yeah. Um, and the good thing about frozen food, which is you mentioned is that at least for the nutritional value, if you can't buy fresh frozen is the next best thing. Okay. Um, because they're flash frozen and they usually lock in a good percentage of the nutrients, but you're going to get those nutrients, if they, they won't do you much good if they are conventional. But one of the worst things you could do, let me mention it, is to microwave food. You're just killing whatever really? value you had down to hmm, lower double digits. Wow. So uh, even uh, like reheating leftovers, don't yeah. do it in the microwave. No, no, no. Oh. You're taking, so you could cook all that wonderful organic food and you're just going to take it all away by by, by microwaving it because it alters the whole structure of the food and which gets into you. So don't do it. Right. Oh, do thank it. you for that. I didn't know that. Well, I'm going to be using it. my microwave less. <laughs> yeah, a heating. I either heat on the stove or I heat in the oven. Yeah. Perfect. Just, you know, get a toaster oven if you don't want to, but I heat in a regular oven. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can just, and if you take it out of the freezer and you put it there, piping hot in how many minutes? Good to go. Yeah. But okay. microwave, no. All right, good. Um, now, another thing I got from Google is that um, dairy and meats and stuff uh, that I should be concerned about uh, added hormones into these things. Oh boy. And that oh boy. they will mess oh up my hormones also. Oh boy. I mean, <laughs> I, there are some things that are, the, the, the food industrial complex is so huge. And if people know what went on there, yeah, you would be 
horrified. Vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. in, in a heartbeat. You would be horrified mm. because they are purposely, you get these young calves, they are put in a stall, which is kind of like they cannot move. They have pumps attached to them. They're injected with hormones to increase the output of milk. The, the, the hormones obviously come through the milk. And so you have one of the reasons for early puberty in, in, in young girls and the feminization of men is hormones in our food. And it's already everywhere. There's even hormones now in our water. It's wow. everywhere. Yes. And I remember a long time ago, <laughs> let me give this to you. Uh, this is a boyfriend who swore that eating KFC chicken. Okay. I, I'm not sure I should say, okay. Eating chicken from one of those fast That's food true. places. <laughs> yeah. um, he grew boobs. So he, 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 that, this was long before we had that association. Yeah. So he stopped eating it because wow. he noticed a physical effect. Wow. Yes. So you have all these hormones and it's, it's in milk, the, the, the way the calves are, and they, they, they're force-fed, they, um, they want them to bulk up more, they're capable of, uh, because it's by weight that they get their money. Right. Um, so they are, it, it's cruelty. It's, 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 no matter how you put it, it's just cruelty in the extreme that they're yeah. beefed out and they are hormone and they're injected and they're, they're, they're kept in. So, Imagine this little cows with things attached to their udders and they are stepping around in their own waist. Right. That's all it is. Oh, wow. Just because of the, yeah, it, it is horrible. So look, yeah. look at it. It's industrial, it's industrial agriculture and it's, um, no, there's a name for it. Is it calf wood or something? There's a name for it and it's okay. horrendous. So if we can uh, get obviously food uh, or, or, or meats, that have been more humanely treated, uh, grass-fed, not just grass-fed, they also have to be grass-finished because a lot of them may be grass-fed and they give them grains to fatten them up. All right. Just a tad, just a tad underneath because those grains are full of all sorts of rubbish and their cows are not meant to be eating grains corn and that kind of things soy products that's not what they're supposed to eat and remember the you know uh, mad cow disease uh-huh that was because that food chain was disrupted because they started feeding cows with fish meal since oh. when did cows eat fish yeah and they were also being fed with diseased cow carcasses and refed so it kept on going down that particular oh chain my. yeah so the, the more we know about what happens yeah. and how the food chain is affected, I think that would probably um, uh, inform our choices, inform yeah. better choices. But okay. you don't know, you don't know. Right. Hmm. Yeah. No. So thank you. This is um, a lot more things that I need to start looking at the labels in the grocery store, which for me, uh, the labels are in Swedish. So that will take some more time. But and now, so uh, I'm talking to you. There, in Canada, there are universal right? symbols. There are universal symbols. O organic, they will stamp. If it's organic, people want you to know it's organic. And in oh, some yeah. places, in so a lot of European countries, I don't think you're allowed, at least I know that in Britain for a long time, you were not allowed to have GMO foods in there. Okay. In Canada here, you, you can label your foods if it's non-GMO, non-GMO. I think in the U.S., they don't allow that labeling, uh, that distinction. But here in Canada, you can see the organic label, but you can also see the GMO label. So you can choose to buy GMO. If it's not labeled non-GMO and it has a specific label, then you can assume it's conventional and all bets are off. Yeah. Okay. And GMO, I thought that meant genetic genetically modified. Organism. And we, we want to not eat genetically modified, right? We don't want to. Okay. I mean, so the way I look at it, if you, if you, if you're, it's like Franken, Frankenstein, you, you're, you're changing it, you're putting in bits, yeah. which, and the GMO is to allow the plant to become more resistant to pesticides. Right. It doesn't mean that it's not, hasn't got pesticides. In fact, it has more pesticides. It's to make sure the plant doesn't die from the pesticides, uh, which are a killer. But you yeah. who are ingesting the plant are still ingesting pesticides. Right. Right. Okay. This is really helpful information. There's probably lots of people who know it, but, um, but I feel like I'm learning a lot here today. <laughs> no, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's one of those things we take for granted and want to kind of like sit and think about it and, oh my gosh, what's going on there?
Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's what's called an inconvenient truth. You don't really want to know. Do I have to add that much to my shopping again to yeah. start figuring out, looking for non-GMO, looking for, I don't want to do it. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I unfortunately am, I fall in that category too. Like, I think that I want to do it. And then I'm like, okay, today I'm really, really, uh, you know, in a hurry or my grocery budget is a little bit less. So I'm just going to buy these eggs and that milk. And I just won't think about it until next week. And then I'll try to think about it again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not very good decision-making, but, um, the more we do the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the more that we talk about it, um, not only can we make better choices, but we can sometimes be involved in the conversation that maybe can change the tide. So, which is where you as writers come in. You can, you know, when you're not writing, you know, fiction, but other things, you can, through your writing, actually educate people. And they like having education through stories. Yeah. And that's what you, you, you're excellent at doing. So you can also find some way of furthering that conversation and weave it in so that the public becomes more aware. I love that. Thank you so much for encouraging everybody in that. <laughs> you know, oh. it, it, the more natural it is and the more we can, you know, just bring it into normal conversation. I think we'll end up seeing the wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. The choices we make. I agree. I agree. Mm. And even if, um, I, I have noticed, you know, uh, depending on what I choose to buy at the grocery store, you know, I'm, I'm seeing how much the total bill comes to, but, uh, if I buy, you know, healthy whole foods, um, you know, more of the, um, what is it called? Uh, free range eggs. And, you know, like, like I'm actually looking at labels and I'm maybe spending just a little bit more and not today buying two bags of chips and a, a two liter bottle of soda that in the end, my grocery bill is maybe just the same. And I'm probably a little bit healthier and snacks make me just whatever it is in the chemical composition, snacks make me yes. want more snacks. But when I well, eat something that's healthy, it tends to like, you know, handle yes. my hunger. Yeah. Well, you've just hit on it. The food organizations want you to eat more and they go into labs specifically to find the point at which you will keep eating and wow. stay eating and not come down off it. It's engineered to make you addicted, to make you take 50 chips instead of two. It's purposely, they, they go in there and it's purposely engineered. So it's not anybody's fault. When they're aware of it, then they will bypass it altogether, knowing that you cannot take, so you are meant, you're engineered. The more sh of that stuff you take, the more your cravings. So yeah. if you can't be aware of that, and you say, I've been manipulated how do I get off this bandwagon? But we are being manipulated with food. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's one thing that I know a ton of writers, um, you know, we talk about what's our snack when we write, not do you snack? What is your snack? And I think, oh my goodness. I never I, knew that. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure there are writers who don't snack. I just don't know them. <laughs> And, you know, somebody's got M&Ms, somebody else um, tries to have, you know, peanuts, somebody else maybe has grapes, but like all together, it seems like there's something about, uh, I've actually, for me, I think I've narrowed it down to it's the chewing mechanism is doing something in my brain and I don't know why. And I wish I could get that to happen without actually chewing and swallowing food that I'm not hungry for. <laughs> but, you know, so why don't we replace it? When you're going into a bad habit uh, or, or a habit that doesn't serve you, why don't we replace it with another habit that serves us, which we can learn to reframe and say, if I have this habit, guess what? I'm going to be even better there. And I'm not going to have a slump. I'm not going to feel tired from eating all these foods and it's not going to damage my overall health. You know, get up and just do something. You don't even have to get up. Just, you know, what I do, yeah. <laughs> do it for a few seconds uh, and, and just get that blood pumping. It goes up to the brain. You feel a bit energized. And if you have something like an Apple watch, which is what I use, um, you have those rings to close. And it can be as simple as doing a few seconds of them, maybe about 30 seconds, I think, to get one bar of exercise closed. Well, just 
do that every so often and think of the goodness it's bringing you. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like it. Replace one habit with another. All right. I'm going to think about that because, um, I have been, I have been snacking a little bit more this week, which is not really what I wanted to do, but vacation's coming up and we've been talking about all the foods that we're going to eat on vacation. I'm like, okay, now I have to find another And you have started this. the pre-vacation. Pre, pre uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So bringing it back to the actual process of writing again, um, what are some things that might help? Uh, I, I'm seeing that nutrition is going to have a big effect, not just on um, whether you ha have decided to stop eating potato chips and candy bars, but also um, the kinds of whole foods that you eat and you, what, what you may not know has been pumped into it. Um, but when it comes to hormonal changes and the occasional brain fog that you get from that, is there anything that we can eat or not eat that will help to, to even that out quicker, especially if it's like happening during the middle of the work day when you're trying to work? So help with the, you mean eat or, I mean, I at the end of the day, not eat is probably more like it. Um, because every time you eat, even foods that are not necessarily having a lot of uh, carbs in them, it spikes your insulin. It just depends on how much. And the more you spike your insulin and the more you snack, um, the more times your, your, your body is just going, hey, it's going haywire. So if you want something steady, you have a balanced, make sure you eat at least something um sustaining i suggest protein with every meal so have a certain amount of protein which as we said was more important as you get older um uh, move around do some calisthenics uh, better still get off that seat if you can but if you can't just move something move the legs move them up and down move the arms flap the arms do a quick boxing you know uh, a movement that gets you blood flowing you get more alive, but the more you end up with having sugars, it makes you drowsy, it makes you sleepy, and it makes you less creative, I feel. Right. And um, my suggestion for a lot of writers, you mentioned sitting, was to get a, get a standing desk. And I know you have a standing desk. Kitty. I actually am at one right now. Yep. <laughs> there you go. And because of this interview, my standing desk, the view of it, you don't want to see. <laughs> so I'm usually at a standing desk. Uh, when I do my work now, it was all of a sudden, it was like, okay, sitting is the new smoking, get a standing yeah. desk. Or even when I'm someplace else, I put stack boxes so that I can stand and do whatever it is I want to do. But that is really important. But the thing that a lot of people miss about the standing desk, you have to move every so often. I did Just notice that sometimes I would be really focused and I maybe would stand for four hours thinking I'd done something good, but then I would start to walk out the door and I can't move my body. I'm just so stiff and tight. Yes. And you know, your legs strain and I assume you have an anti-fatigue mat as well. You I, know, I so, stand so, so. on a yoga, yoga mat, a thick one. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, something that cushions the, the, the strain on or the weight on your feet and your bones of the feet and your calves, etc. But it's been suggested, I think that's a bit of an overkill, that you have a 50-50 relationship between movement or sitting as well as your standing desk. Um, I think a bit more is, let's make it efficient. Have some vigorous exercise for about five minutes. Move around, go to the bathroom, get some whatever it is, get a drink of water far away. And if you do vigorous exercise for five minutes, you can stand for the next 50 Right, right. Okay, that's a good idea. Because of the pandemic, um, we, John and I decided that we weren't going to go to the gyms anymore, even though they were still open here. Um, and so we each picked out a piece of gym equipment that we wanted uh, that would fit in our apartment, and we bought it for ourselves for Christmas. So uh, we have a trampoline that at first John was just like, I can't believe you're buying a trampoline. What in the world are you going to do with it? I think he's on it more than me. About five minutes out of every hour, he just comes and he kind of walks on it Perfect. for five minutes. And it helps him to get back to thinking again. Perfect. 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 Excellent. Perfect. Okay. So I, what I you're saying is idea. I need to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Because it gets, you know, you're getting your joints, you're getting some flexibility, you're getting some, you know, spatial uh, awareness. Perfect. Right, right. Okay. You don't want to fall off that thing. Yeah, no. <laughs> 
So it sounds, Dr. Tayo, that um, that all of the things that we've been talking about are really good for any sex and um, and probably really any age of life, even though we've been talking about how to have a better midlife if you're a middle-aged woman. Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay. I completely agree with you because, you know, a lot of people don't know it. I think I mentioned it earlier about the fact that hormones also drop off in men it's called andropause their testosterone goes down it's just a bit more gradual um you know but they lose stamina they lose muscle mass and believe it or not they may have hot flashes i didn't know any of this <laughs> you know and of course then you end up with problems with they will know it um erectile dysfunction and things like that so you do have those effects so but getting on the nutrition exercise sleep will help you through those periods. Yeah. Do you need augmentation? Women sometimes need augmentation with hormone replacements, bioidenticals. Men sometimes need augmentation with testosterone. Okay. Um, and that will help you over a hump, but just a tad, because the major work is done by your body and how you treat your body. Okay. And you have dominion over that. Yes, which I love. I have power. <laughs> so, so then also... Um... Uh, men and women both should be thinking about, you know, especially, uh, I don't know what the age would be, but if you're over 40, you should be thinking, I need to make sure I continue to have good muscle mass and strength. That's absolutely right. Because okay. you naturally would lose about 3% of muscle mass per year. That might mean um, that I'm in a negative muscle mass uh, right now. <laughs> no, is it per year or per decade? I have to go look it up, but yeah. you lose muscle mass quite a bit and you need to make it up. It, it it, it, it's it's not inevitable it happens but it's not inevitable so you can actually put on muscle mass by doing the exercises and the foods you eat so okay. you do not have to lose it but it requires concerted efforts to do so okay yeah well you know what honestly i love writing and when i'm not writing i get cranky so there are times when i uh I am just totally on board with taking the suggestions and working with them because I want to be happier. I want to continue to be productive. I get very frustrated when I feel like, my gosh, is this the rest of my life? Like I'm going to get a half a day's work done every day for the rest of my life because that just stinks. <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And that was why I went on this, uh, you know, uh, search and says, you know, there's a good saying and very true. Getting older is inevitable. Aging is optional. All the things that they say must happen by age are not inevitable. There is almost nothing except for the calendar really? that you cannot do something about, that you can't put some effort in and make it better. Almost nothing. There is nothing that is a given. Yeah. Not decrease sleep. They say you sleep less. Not true. They say you, you, know, you put on weight. Not true. It depends on being aware and figuring out what you do so you, you can have an even better life. Wow. I literally thought that that saying was just somebody like, um, spitting hope into the wind. Yeah. I didn't know that it could be true. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So if you do all of that, I mean, seriously, I'm stronger. I'm healthier. I'm good. I, I, I've got so many things on the go. I can't even tell you. And the only reason I've had people ask me, how do you do that? And I know it's because I've dialed in this thing and I have more stamina to do the things that a lot of younger people will not be able to figure out how to do. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. now you can add the wisdom and experience to it. Yes. And I know what to do in terms of the physicality, in terms of nutrition and in terms of exercise to make sure that I, I, I am where I want to be. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Honestly, I had not really been able to understand, like, how can I have the, the best part of my life still in front of me? But now that you've explained all the pieces now, I'm like, oh, I do believe I could still have the best part of my life still in front of me. Yes. And if you That's look exciting. around and you see people and I say, guess what? At first I used to say, I'm going to live to hundred. Now I've raised that to about 120. Oh, cool. I just have to make sure that there are enough people around so I can enjoy myself because yeah. it's no fun. It's no fun being the only 120 year old. It's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're going to have to make sure that, um, that, uh, the Garfields in your life, you know, have enough cat food to, to last. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mac is 18 and a half. That's 19 cat years. So he's doing well. Yeah. Um, but he's already showing signs. He can hardly see He is, you know, deaf. 
um, I, I, I have to be practically in front of him. So, you know, there are some things that are, because as we get older, our eyesight doesn't work quite so well, but guess yeah. what? We can do a few things. We can take out the cataracts. We can have intraocular. We can do all kinds of things. Our hearing, okay, fine. Hearing aids, soon they'll be made supersonic, you know? Um, right. But some other aspects, the major aspects of getting old, which would hinder our, pro pro listen, the brain is the first thing. Your yeah. brain's functioning. You can do practically anything. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm glad, I, I, <laughs> you know, and I want you to be there when we kind of like go into the 120. So I have company. I need yeah. company. Yes, I definitely. Need company. And you and I like each other, so we can still keep on chatting away. Absolutely. You know, I, we need company. Whatever it is we're doing, we're doing for the sheer pleasure of doing it, not yeah. because we have to. And there can't be anything better in life than doing things for pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what one of the things that you said, you know, that uh, people can continue enjoying their work and have plenty of time for friends and family. Yeah. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. At the end of the day, what happens when people work? They're working so much. They're working long hours. They're working into the weekend. They don't have time for friends and family. Now, if they can just do the work within the time, be productive because of that energy and that ability to think and focus, and they can finish the work within the period, then guess what? They will have extra time to go home, get home early, enjoy the time with their friends and family, go out for that, you know, drink, the occasional drink, um, you know, go whatever hobbies they are. You want to learn the guitar? You want to, you want to, you know, snowboard, skydive? You'll have time for that. But if all you're doing is conserving your energy for work, right? that can't be, and you know, there, there has to be more to life than that. Yeah. So if you kind of like have a good exercise plan, then you can do the work, the work produce, be very highly efficient and productive and yet have time. Oh my gosh, this is wonderful news. Because again, one of the things that I hear from a lot of writers, both traditionally published and self-published is that um, there are sometimes very lengthy periods of their life where they're working all day, nights, weekends, not having time to take a vacation or, or do very much. And I think, I, this is the career I want. That's not the life I want. So I like this exactly. idea, make my brain work better, mm -hmm. focus during mm. the period of time that I feel like working, which for me would be a Monday through Friday kind of work day. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly have these weekends that I have hardly ever had. Yes. Oh, and it's good. the rest that is more important to fuel your productivity. Because if you keep on, you know, the, the saying about sharpen the ax, you keep on going, even the ax will get blunt. You need, we need to be rejuvenated. That's what sleep does for us on one level. It allows us to rest. It allows us to refresh. It allows us to rejuvenate. So if we cut sleep out of the equation, we are really missing an important part of that process, which allows us to be more productive. Right. And then take regular physical breaks. Are you setting aside time? And that, re that, that gives you, or meditate, that gives you much more in terms of the time you spent uh, compared to the pr productivity. You, you'd be more productive than the time you spent on having a bit of a rest or meditation. Right. Okay. Dr. Tayo, we definitely need to have you on the show again in a few months and, and remind us of some of the things that you've been teaching us. This is fantastic. I so appreciate your time and all, sharing all the wisdom that you've learned. Uh, people are going to want to know where can we find you if we want uh, more information? Uh, let's see. Uh, quite a few ways, actually. So I could give you most of them. One of them is um, my email, which is Dr. Tayo. Uh, D-R-T-A-Y-O at get G-E-T your Y-O-U-R sassy S-A-S-S-Y back dot com so get your sassy back I like the idea of people knowing what to do to get their yeah. sassy back uh, then there's Facebook there's a lovely uh, private group we have called Midlife Divas so Midlife Divas I'll give you the link Kitty uh, which is a private group for us to discuss just about anything you want to do and uh, if you get to the email, I can promise you that uh, I'll give, send you a calendar if you want to for a complimentary 15 minute call um, anytime you like. So there's a complimentary. And I also have a sleep quiz. I'll give you the link and the sleep quiz will give you at the end of the quiz a report on what your sleep habits are like and suggestions as how to, you can improve them. 
Wow. That's mm. wonderful. Okay. Mm. Definitely. We'll put all the links in the show notes. So if anybody is out taking a walk or a run, uh, just come back to rightnowworkshop.com or sorry, podcast.rightnowworkshop.com and find the episode number, which is 262. And uh, we'll make sure that all of the links are in the show notes there. Wonderful. Dr. Tayo, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. Thank you very much. And I'll say to your audience who are watch wonderful writers, keep on writing. Realize that you're the CEO of your own life, every aspect of it. Be sassy. <laughs> <laughs>